Good afternoon. It is midday. My name is Arabile Kumete. Standing in for Reik van Niekerk. This is your midweek edition of MoneyWeb at midday. Of course, a great look at how the markets are performing. Not too much happening across the board, but certainly some earnings news as we chat to the CEO, of course, of EOH. How those results fared as well. Not looking too pretty. And even yesterday, we had assertive results coming out uh, as we saw a 1.3 billion rand loss from Group 5. And that sentiment seems to uh, drive through a lot of the earnings season thus far. Let's quickly take a look at the market as well. It's down two-tenths of a percent for the all share. Some negativity all across the board and we'll chat to Wayne McCurry a little bit later on as to what exactly is uh, keeping the market so negative. The all share at 55,370 points. The financial seems to be the biggest driver of that negative flow. 16,101. It's down three quarters of a percent. It's 14.36 for a US dollar while a euro will set you back 16 rand and 63 cents. A British pound at 18 rand and 65. A quick look as well at how the European markets are faring. It's a bit of a mixed picture with the FTSE 100 uh, around a tenth of a percent to the good. The CAC 40 out in France is uh, also slightly higher there, 5,471. Of course, the DAX is still closed. Asian trade earlier this morning, uh, Shanghai still closed, of course, for the remainder of the week with that public holiday happening this week. The Nikkei out in uh, in Japan, though, two-thirds of a percent lower, 24,108 points. The Hang Seng at 27,098. That's down a tenth of a percent. $1,204 a fine ounce for gold. Platinum sits, uh, will set you back $830.47 a fine ounce. Brent crude, having reached that near four-year high yesterday, it's at $84.91 a barrel. That is a look at your markets. We'll unpack that and a whole lot more in just a bit. But uh, let's first get into your main interview. Good afternoon, Stephen. So 2018 was undoubtedly the most troubled year in EOH's history. Uh, it was a year in which, for, for listeners who don't know, it's a technology services company, but it was a year in which the company was scrutinized over its business practices, especially in respect of government contracts. It shared a, a rather controversial acquisition. Um, as a result of all of this, the group was split into two operating subsidiaries. A new black uh, economic empowerment deal was concluded. And last but not least, you came on board as the new CEO. And all of this obviously will have impacted the results, which don't seem to be pretty. Uh, The group reported a loss of 104 million rand, down from a profit of 1.2 billion in 2017. Do you want to take us through the the good and the bad in in that picture, Stephen? Absolutely. And thanks very much uh, for the opportunity. When ERH clearly... um, last year was a real tale of two halves. They had a lot of uh, negative press in the first half. Uh, then uh, we're busy with the uh, company unwind, the GCT unwind, which effectively uh, ended up in a 400 million r- rand write down, although it's a non-cash item, it still obviously hits, hits the bottom line. The other bit of cleanup that happened was uh, a decision to close the um, public sector division that dealt with the long-term complex transactions. Um, The rest of the public sector was split, as you talked about, into the EOH ICT business and into Nextech and will continue there. Um, The good news is, I suppose, in a very difficult year, they still managed to increase um, 
revenue by by nine percent. Uh, working capital debtors uh, only increased by eight percent over over the, the period, which just uh, points to very good cash management, and we'll continue that in the the, the new year. And if you normalise your your EBITDA, you do get back to around 1.7 billion, which is obviously down from the previous year. But you can see from a continuing business basis, it's still a fairly sizable business. A very sizable business, yeah. Uh, you, you talked about the negative press. Is the negative press obviously it, it's had an impact on the on the contracts that you have been awarded in the year? But are you engaging with customers? Are you able to put some of that behind, or are people actually just closing their doors to you at the moment? I mean, what what are you seeing out there in the market? Yeah, in the in the first half of the year, it was very much everyone went on a wait and see. And so uh, very few contracts were signed in the first half of the year. But once we had got through with ENS and with Bowman's and all the reviews that got done, uh, the second half was then basically the business normalizing. I wouldn't say it normalized 100%, but certainly in the last uh, quarter, we started signing, you know, the usual contracts. And we're seeing that now coming through in the business. So um, I think over this, this next half, it will be very much business back to normal. All of the allegations that we went through have been, you know, uh, ENS did a, a full work through on those and um, where we've had to make some changes and policies on that. We've done that. There's still some more work to do. Um, you'll see in the results presentation, I talk about trying to really create a, a sort of fourth industrial revolution type governance structure and um, I've uh, employed the uh, the University of Stellenbosch Business School, the Centre for Corporate Governance in Africa, to come and help us create this, uh, you know, um, future-proofing uh, corporate governance um, a structure that we need, and uh, really get ourselves up into being a proper, sizable listed company. And uh, that's really what uh, I'm planning to do. Stephen, one of the, the, I suppose, the positives of the year was the the approval from shareholders of your Labashi transaction, um, which brings on board new black shareholders. It injects a billion rand of new capital, and it makes EOH, I think, the largest black-owned technology company in Africa. Um, but you obviously also have new board members, and, and fresh eyes and fresh thinking is always a good thing. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, the Labashi transaction was very important. Firstly, it's becoming imperative as we do contracts with large companies that we are 51, at least 51% black owned. It all goes to this uh, preferential procurement that uh, is obviously becoming very important in South Africa as we transform. And so that was very important to us. The second thing that was important to us was if you have a look at a lot of black empowerment deals, it ends up being vendor financed on a basis and you end up with a big uh, drain on um, the company in terms of accounting treatment and that. What was really good about the Labashi transaction was that they bought their own money. Uh, the third thing was also, you know, with your share prices as low as it is, the last thing you really want to be doing 
is uh, using that for uh, acquisitions. And mm. so this money will be obviously used to pay off uh, some of our acquisitions that we had made over the last two years and are earning out their uh, profit warranties. So it's really put the company in a in a strong position for you know uh, for 2019. So, so Stephen, you you've done the the transaction. A lot of the restructuring, I think, is done. You've got a little bit of of perhaps cash on the balance sheet. Um, how affected are you by the economic environment? Because turning turning a big ship around in this climate can't be can't be easy. So, what's going to drive growth? So it's it's interesting. Um, two things I'd say. One is obviously everyone's in the same boat. Our competitors are on the same boat, so it's not like we had a competitive disadvantage. The second thing, the second thing is uh, that uh, actually our business, in a little way, is countercyclical. In that, as the large companies are looking for um, efficiencies by digitising their businesses. Uh, we obviously play straight into that space. So we almost become a necessity spend. And so while the growth may slow, we still need it. It's not like we're a luxury purchase and people just don't afford us. Mm. So I do Mm. think it's going to, you know, it will be tough, but we're still seeing growth and we're still seeing opportunities. And we're seeing more and more of... um, of tech outsourcing and digitization going on in the big businesses. And we just think because we're an end-to-end business, we've got a bit of a competitive advantage there and we should be able to capture uh, capture it. So, but it is going to be tough. I mean, there's there's no doubt in my mind. Stephen, I know, I know CEOs hate questions about share prices, but uh, you, you guys have, have seen a rather dramatic fall or slide in your price from 170 rand back in 2016 to 34 60 this morning. Um, it sounds promising, but I guess shareholders are hoping that you guys can, you guys being management, can capitalize on the improvements that you've put in place. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing that nothing happens overnight, does it? No, I think that's right. I mean, there's, there's two answers to that question. One is I think we have to prove that we can get back to profitability. So my guess is most of the shareholders will be hanging on to the first half and the end of next year to see if what we say we can do, we can do, and just to see if there's anything else that, uh, you know, as we re-strategize the business, create the new corporate structure and the capital structures for the, the two business, what those, those look like. But what one of the real things affecting the share price is just liquidity. If you just have a mm-hmm. look at the size of the daily trading, it's very difficult to buy or sell a significant amount of shares in any one day without mm. largely affecting the share price. And this is also a problem we're going to have to deal with uh, because otherwise you just never, you know, you're always going to have a lot of volatility in the share price. Right. And it's very difficult for anyone to come in and take a meaningful uh, stake. So that's also a technical issue we'll have to deal with. But uh, we need to get the market cap up so that people really want to be invested. That was my uh, colleague Sasha Planting there speaking to the CEO of EOH. Not the greatest results there, but certainly uh, a clear message as to how the market has been performing and the difficulties that has possibly faced not just EOH, but clearly 
uh, the entire market as well. This earnings season hasn't been the greatest, and it certainly has uh, shown that uh, companies are now reacting to what the economy is doing, and perhaps not just locally, but also on a global context as well. My name is Arabi Lekumete, still joining you for MoneyWeb at Midday.